Good morning, friends. Today we continue our little jaunt through the book of Proverbs. We're going to be looking at Proverbs 16, verse 9, and ask the question, what is God's will for my life? Have you ever wished you could have lunch with Jesus? It would be wonderful if you got a heavenly text saying Jesus would like to meet you for lunch next Thursday. I mean, just suppose that happened. What would you talk to Jesus about? I imagine that your first impulse would be to fall on your face at his feet and worship him. But suppose he says, get up, let's share a meal together. What would you say then? I would imagine many of us would say something like this. Jesus, I love you more and more than anything else. I want to please you. Lord, am I doing what you want me to do? Is there anything else you want me to do? Because if there is, if you want to change my direction, please let me know. I mean, all of us have moments when we want to hear God's voice or receive some definite sign regarding a relationship, a, a business decision, a career choice, or a major expenditure. Our decisions really do matter. We make our decisions, and our decisions turn around and make us. And we face so many questions. You know, should I get married? And if the answer is yes, should I marry Joe or Jake or Susan or Sally? I mean, should I go to college? I mean, if the answer is yes, should I go to Texas, Colorado, or Nebraska? And to that, of course, I'd say go Big Red. Or I've been offered a new job, but I've got a good job. Should I take the new job, or should I hold on to what I have? Is God calling me to the mission field? I mean, how can I be sure? I mean, three different mission groups are interested in me. How do I know which one to choose? Now, when I was a high school teacher, I had some seniors who would ask me to fill out recommendations for them, and I was always glad to help. And once you've turned in your applications, it's kind of nail-biting time. I mean, which college will accept me? Which ones will say no? What if three say yes, but my personal favorite says no? What if they say yes, but I can't afford it? What do I do then? Is there any way to be 100% certain about God's will when you choose a college? You know, I think it would be a lot easier if you could just simply open the door one evening and be greeted by a chorus of angels singing or chanting, Nebraska, 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 or if you got a text from heaven that said, go to Concordia, Nebraska, love God. That would make it a whole lot easier. But it doesn't often happen that way. Most of the time we research, study, narrow the options, talk it over with trusted friends, pray about it, wait on the Lord, turn on our applications, and then in the end <clears throat> we kind of make our choice and hope for the best. That, I think, raises the central issue for most people regarding God's will. We would like someone else to make the decision for us. If God would only tell us what he wanted in a given situation, we'd do it. But most of the time we're left with something less than 100% certainty. Now, I'm going to tell you right up front that I don't believe there is any way for you to get 100% certainty before you sign on the dotted line. I think you can get 95% probability sometime, but that's about as good as most of us will ever do in the decisions of life. Now, that leads me to share an important principle with you. With all my heart, I believe the following statement is true. God wants you to know his will more than you want to know it. Therefore, he takes personal responsibility to see to it that you discover it. Knowing God's will is ultimately God's problem, not yours. So let that last thought sink into your mind for a moment. You've probably never heard it put that way before. Now let me suggest what this really means. He can put you exactly where he wants you to be. He can arrange all the details years in advance. He can open doors that seem shut tight. He can remove any obstacle that stands in your way. He can take your choices and fit them into his plan so that you end up at the right place at just the right time. 
He can even take your mistakes and bring good out of them. He can take tragedy and use it for your good and his glory. All he needs, in fact, the only thing he requires is a willing heart. He just needs you to cooperate with him. That doesn't mean that you won't have to make decisions, but that does take the pressure off because it means that you can trust God to take your decisions and use them to accomplish his will in your life. Well, reading through Proverbs, I was struck with the strong emphasis on the sovereignty of God over our personal decisions. We're going to take a look at four verses that help us see how God works in, with, through, and sometimes in spite of our decisions to accomplish his will in us. First of all, Proverbs 16:9. In his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. Now, it doesn't say that God directs his steps, although that's true. You can look at Proverbs 3, verse 6, but rather that God determines his steps. It is a very strong word that speaks of God's control of every detail in the universe. Perhaps you've heard it said that man proposes, but God disposes. So you can make all your plans. In fact, you can have your life mapped out step by step. But in the end, God determines every step you take. Second verse, Proverbs sixteen thirty three: The lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. Now, most of us don't understand the concept of casting lots. In the Old Testament, the Jews often used this method to determine God's will. It sometimes involved using different colored balls or rocks, mixing them together, and then seeing which one fell out of the bag first. Now, in that sense, casting lots is a lot like rolling dice. It appears to be a random act of chance, but God is behind those colored stones. He determines which one falls out of the bag first. That means there are no accidents in life, no random events, and no such thing as luck. Even seemingly meaningless things fit into his plan. And to paraphrase Forrest Gump, Life is like a roll of the dice, but God is in charge of how the numbers come up. Our third verse, Proverbs 19.21. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Now let me give you a little paraphrase of this verse. I guess maybe I'd say it this way. You can make all the plans you like, but God gets the last word. I mean, his purpose always prevails. Some translations say that God's purpose shall stand. Now, most of our plans don't stand. They're like leaves that blow away in the autumn wind. But when God determines to do something, it's going to happen. You can write that down and take it to the bank. You can make all the speeches you want and announce your long-range plans, 10 years goals, and personal objectives. But remember this, when you are finished, God always gets the last verse, word. Our fourth verse is Proverbs 20, verse 24. A man's steps are directed by the Lord. How then can anyone understand his own way? Now, there's something hidden here in the Hebrew text that you wouldn't know simply from reading the English translation. The word translated mans in the first phrase comes from the Hebrew word gibor, which refers to a mighty warrior, a ruler, or a potentate. Solomon means to say that even the steps of a mighty man are ordained by God. The word anyone in the second phrase comes from the Hebrew word Adam, which is the generic word for mankind. The meaning is, if God directs the steps of the mighty, how then can an ordinary man understand his own way? Well, the answer is he can't. That's the point. We're like a man stumbling in the darkness, bumping into things, tripping over ourselves, trying to find our way. We can't say for sure where we come from, where we are right now, or where we're going to be tomorrow. Only God can see the big picture of life. 
Now, those four verses lead me directly to the first rule of the spiritual life, and it's this, he's God and we're not. Now, understand this and you'll be okay. Forget this and you're going to walk in continual confusion. This is where all spiritual understanding must begin. When we forget that rule, we think that we're in control of our own life and that everything depends on us. So we obsess, we hyperventilate, we try to control everything and everyone around us. We worry over all of our decisions. We spend hours fussing over the minutia of life. What a relief to realize that God is God and you're not. That means some of you could rip that big G off your sweatshirt. You don't have to play God anymore and you don't have to try to control everything. You can sleep well when you realize that God is God and you are not. Go to sleep because he's going to be up all night anyway. Well, let me wrap up this message by sharing four simple principles that can help you as you seek to do God's will. Here's principle number one. Use all of your intelligence to make wise decisions. Now, sometimes people talk as if you shouldn't use your brain at all, uh, but you just wait on some mystical sign from God. I know the Bible says, lean not on your own understanding. But that doesn't mean to throw your brain away either. It simply means that after doing all your research on a given decision, submit it to God and ask for his help. If you need to make a major decision, don't wait for the angels to knock on your door. I mean, use your head, study the situation, gather the facts, talk to your friends, seek godly counsel, and then submit it all to the Lord. Principle number two, since you can't know the future, you'll rarely have 100% certainty about most decisions. This is perhaps our greatest stumbling block because we want 100% certainty. But in the fallen world, that's hard to come by. Many people believe they must be 100% certain of God's will before deciding. Now, I can understand their thinking. After all, if you're facing a life-changing decision, you know, a potential marriage, a cross-country move, a new career, which college to attend, whether or not to begin chemo, you'd like to know in advance beyond any doubt that you are doing what God wants you to do. Now, all too often that leaves us paralyzed. I mean, some decisions are so important they can't be left to chance. As the popular saying goes, when in doubt, don't. If you aren't sure about the new job, don't take it. Don't make the move. Don't say yes. Don't make any decision with less than total certainty. But let me ask you something. Is that good advice? Is it realistic? Is that the way God normally works? Well, let me ask you a few more questions. Did Noah know all about the flood? No, but he built the ark anyway. Did Abraham have a road map? No, but he left Ur of the Chaldees anyway. Did Moses understand what it meant to lead God's people out of Egypt? No, but he said yes when God called him. Did Joshua know how the walls were going to come tumbling down? No, but he marched around Jericho anyway. Did Gideon fully grasp God's plan to defeat the Midianites? No, he doubted it from the beginning, but God delivered his people anyway. Did young David have a clue about what was to come when Samuel said to Jesse, this is the one? No, but the Spirit of the Lord came upon him anyway. How about Jehoshaphat? Did he know how God was going to defeat the Ammonites? No, but he put the singers at the front of the army and sent them out to battle anyway. Well, we could add a hundred other examples from the Bible. Did the three Hebrew children know how they would be delivered from the fiery furnace? Was Daniel sure the lions would welcome him dropping in on them? Did Peter know he could walk on the water? Did Paul know what would happen when he finally got to Rome? Well, the answer is always no. The life of faith means living with uncertainty, even in the midst of doing God's will. I mean, read Hebrews chapter 11. 
Those great people didn't know the future, but they trusted God anyway. Now, sometimes in the face of great personal suffering, and because they kept on believing when circumstances turned against them, they received a great reward. See, too many people want what God never promised, and that's 100% certainty before they will act. So they wait and wait, and they dilly and they dally, and they stop and they hesitate and they ruminate. They refuse to go forward because they're waiting for 100% certainty. This leads me to this important observation. It is rarely God's will to give you 100% certainty before you make an important decision. Here's principle number three. Guidable people look to God and not to themselves. That is, they understand that after they have done all they can, it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Like young Samuel, they say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Like Isaiah, they cry out, here I am, Lord, send me. And like Jesus, they pray, not my will, but thine be done. Let me share a secret with you. Guidable people always receive guidance from God. Always. Now, why is that? It's because God always speaks loud enough for the willing to hear. Let me ask this. Are you a guidable Christian? Or do you still feel like you must be in the driver's seat of life? If you're struggling with this, let me suggest two simple prayers. First of all, Lord, let your will be done, even if it means my will is not. Or this one, Lord, right now I'm not sure I I want to do your will, but I am willing to be made willing. Do whatever is necessary to change my heart. Principle number four, when the time comes, make the best decision you can and leave the results to God. This follows from everything else I've shared so far. When the time to decide comes, when you've thought about it, prayed about it, talked it over, sought godly counsel, researched options, looked at the circumstances, searched the scriptures, and waited on the Lord, when you've done everything you know how to do and the moment of truth comes, take a deep breath, close your eyes if you need to, and then just go ahead and make the best best decision you can make. Now, when you've done that, there's one other thing to do. Leave the results with God. Remember, he's God, you're not. His purposes will stand. I've already said he wants you to know his will more than you want to know it. Knowing God's will is his problem, not yours. If you truly want to do God's will, you'll do it. See, God has enough trouble getting us to do his will without making it hard to find. If you're willing to be guided by God, you will discover that he will lead you step by step. In the end, you will be what he wants you to be, you will go where he wants you to go, and you will do what he wants you to do. This is God's promise to guidable Christians who are willing to do his will. Yes, life is a mysterious journey, full of unexpected twists and turns, but the path ahead is a mystery to us all. I mean, no one can say for sure what's around the next bend. It may be a smooth road through a lonely, lovely valley, and we may discover that the bridge is washed out and we must find a way to cross a deep river. Often the road will seem to disappear, or it may suddenly seem to go in three different directions. We won't know which way to go. But friends, let me assure you, there is one who knows the way, because the past, present, and future are all the same to him. And the darkness is as the light of the day. He knows the way we should go. He promised to direct your path, and he will do it. You can count on it. Until next time, see the vision, live the mission, feel the passion.